of all ages, welcome to Canadian Sober, eh? I'm your host and resident alcoholic, Dougie Fresh. Go grab a snack, juice, pop, or as I like to call it, the champagne of waters, Perrier. We'll get the show on the road shortly. Sit back, hang tight. And if you don't know that song, I can't help you much any further. That's iconic. That's uh, Bob Marley and the sun is shining. And that mixes in with our quote today. I can promise you that. All right. Just a reminder to everybody listening tonight, wherever you are in the world, that I do not speak for Alcoholics Anonymous and neither do any of my guests. We are simply sharing our experience, strength and hope with the hope that it finds the sick and suffering alcoholic. And Perrier... If you're listening, I need a sponsor. Ah, Perrier, the champagne of waters. All right, on with the show. Let's talk science. The word eclipse from the, comes from the Greek word eclipsis, which means abandonment or downfall. An eclipse usually occurs when an object is in space blocks us from seeing other objects in space. Animals sometimes become confused and behave strangely during a total eclipse of the sun. It's that instant darkness. It throws us off balance, almost like interferes with our depth perception. We know our eyes are working, but we can't focus. We can't see. We're told not to look up at the eclipse. It will blind us. So the darkness becomes overwhelming, and we succumb to it. We can't see our way out. And in this moment, our drinking is the eclipse. We are the animals acting confused and behaving strangely. But is our vision permanently distorted? Is there no light inside us to guide our way? I ponder these thoughts tonight after hearing an insightful quote. I don't need alcohol to see the world in its depths. I carry the sun in me. To dive a little deeper into this, we're going to talk to a very good friend of mine, Tessie. How are you doing today, Tessie? I'm doing great today, Doug. We had a snow day um, here in New Brunswick, so I'm very happy about that. I'm a teacher, so I, I very, very much enjoyed it. Nice. Yay, snow days. Okay, um, so can you tell the listening audience a little bit about yourself, your experience, strength, and hope? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, so my name is Tessie, and as I mentioned, I'm from New Brunswick. Um, we had a great snow day, uh, northern New Brunswick anyway. Um, and I started drinking when I was about 14, and it was not, I don't think, more than what other teenagers my age were drinking. It wasn't like uh, an immediate thing where I went overboard, I started at a party, um, I would go to a few parties here and there, it was a really social thing, I found it helped me um, feel like I fit in with my, my peers, um, and then, so I, I drank like that through my my teenage years, and so I would overdrink sometimes, sometimes I didn't, uh, and then in university, uh, we, it I wouldn't say it escalated, I was drinking more often because there was a bit more freedom. It was a lot about making more friends. It was a pretty big party scene. I went to school in um, in Fredericton, New Brunswick, and there's two universities there. So it was a pretty big university town, um, party town. So we would sp often spend Friday nights, Saturday nights, every now and then Thursday nights. Um, we'd be drinking, socializing, going to clubs, things like that. And I always figured that it would be something that would kind of fade away over time. Like, I thought it was just a teenage, young adult thing, kind of rite of passage that everyone does. You know, you drink with your friends, you party. But I always saw, thought for myself that eventually I would um, not be drinking so much in that sense and maybe, you know, what I thought was sophisticated drinking, which would be a drink or two in the afternoon, like a casual beer on a Saturday, or wine with dinner and eventually I did start to shift into that so I'll back up just a little bit after I graduated university um, from my teaching degree I got offered a job in China so I went to teach in Beijing China and I discovered that the uh, international lifestyle is very similar to a university lifestyle um, you're away from your family, you're away from your people you've known your whole life, and what we had to bond together was alcohol. So we would work during the week teaching at international schools, and then we, Friday we'd go for happy hour, Saturdays, there were some really um, fancy hotels with um, all-you-can-drink brunches, so we spent a lot of time drinking in that way, and that's also where I slowly started to drink uh, maybe a glass of wine here or there on my own in the evenings. Um, and then I moved back from from China and I moved back in what was supposed to be temporar temporarily with my parents. And my parents were kind of the everyday casual wine and beer drinker. So that's when my drinking started to shift from only partying and socializing into more of a daily, a daily habit. Um, and over time, it just it increased. Uh, and by the end, when I decided to quit drinking, I was drinking a bottle of wine a day. Um, I would say, and I, I talked with Doug a little bit about, about this before, is that I was really a, a gray area drinker. I was drinking more than I wanted to be. I was drinking more than I was comfortable. But I wasn't at a point where I was very dependent on it. I was just really overusing it a lot. Um and then I moved to the Middle East and I thought to teach there. And I thought, well, you know what? It's a Muslim country. I'll probably just slow down drinking while I'm there because it's going to be harder to access. 
But I discovered that's not the case. It's also an international community. Um, I was in Abu Dhabi. Alcohol was just as easily available there as it was here in Canada. I had a wine store on both ends of my street. And I found that I was still drinking wine every day. Um, And then I met my uh, now ex-boyfriend, but I met the guy that I was going to date, end up dating for five years. And he was a, I wouldn't say a non-drinker, but he was a very, very, very light drinker. Like he would drink once a month and it wouldn't occur to him to, to not drink. It just was so normal. It was so weird for me to go out um, to restaurants and out with someone who just would say, oh, no, I don't drink. And I would just be like, that was just so easy for him to say. And it was such a strange experience for me. And over time, like that started to really reflect back to me how much I was over drinking. And sometimes it would cause conflicts because I wasn't always very nice when I was drinking. So we would get into arguments that I wouldn't remember. And of course he would because he wasn't drinking or he might have had one drink. Uh, So I decided in, I don't know what year it was now, like 2018, that I really needed to take a break from alcohol. At this point, I was starting to become concerned. I was Googling things like, am I an alcoholic? And, And it fit, but it didn't fit. There were parts of it that resonated with me when I would read the the answers, but there was a lot of parts that just didn't fit. It wasn't that bad, but it still, it wasn't that great. So I took a break from drinking it and I took six months off. It was, that's what it ended up being. I didn't really have a set out timeline. Um, and it was, it was the best. And I did it completely on my own. Um, at that time I hadn't really decided on forever And in that time, I found a book called This Naked Mind. And I read that book, and I remember finishing the book and thinking, well, I can't unlearn what I I read in that book. And in This Naked Mind, the author Annie Grace talks about how how much society is dependent on alcohol and how much it is around us and how much pressure there is for us to use alcohol and how normalized it is. And kind of the goal of the book is to, in one way, question that normalcy. And what it, what reading the book did and working through my own thoughts about it was about, is this really normal? Is this really true? So I had a lot of thoughts and beliefs about alcohol, like alcohol helps me sleep. I need alcohol to socialize. I need alcohol to relax. Um, I'm not any fun if I'm not drinking. So reading through this naked mind really helped me work through those things and question whether they were true or not. Uh, So what I set out to be 30 or 90 day break ended up being six months. And after that, I did what I think is a right passage for a lot of gray area drinkers who decide to um, really dig into the relationship with alcohol. And that was, let's see how moderation works. Uh, So I did that for about a year, and for me, because I wasn't really fully dependent on alcohol, I could moderate to an extent. But what I realized over time was that it wasn't moderation like my ex-boyfriend was doing. He was just take it or leave it drinking whenever he wanted. For me, it took a lot more effort. Like, yes, I could have two beer, 
and not drink more. But then I was always in my head about alcohol. Like, do I want to drink this weekend? What about next weekend? If I drink this weekend, should I drink next weekend too? And what I found was I wasn't experiencing any freedom from it because of this attempt to control my drinking or do moderate drinking. So I, after about a year of that, my drinking did start to increase a little bit because it's a lot easier to say no once you say yes again. Um, so I was, I wasn't back to daily drinking because I, at that, before I took that break, I was drinking a bottle a night. Um, but I was going back to drinking maybe both nights on the weekend and then maybe some wine again during the week. And so I didn't like that either. So I decided that that was it. It wasn't worth it. It didn't feel good. Um, and I, it wasn't true. It, none of the things that I believed about alcohol before I had originally taken that break just weren't true. It was wrecking my sleep, even a couple of drinks. I felt awful the next day. All of the things I had gained when I had taken that break were gone, like my clearer skin, just being more rested, having more patience. So I decided um, um, to fully, fully stop drinking alcohol, and it's been two years now. Uh, in that time, I finished my master's. So I started doing my master's when I took my first break, and I continued it, and then I finished it since then. And then I did what I think is one of the most exciting things was I took a the Snake and Mind certification, coaching certification. So now I am trained to coach other people through the method that I used uh, myself from reading the book, um, which is super, super exciting. Uh, and one of the things that I think that I love the most about that and that that approach to cutting out alcohol is that it's all hope based. There's no shame. There's no failure. There's no nothing wrong in, in what you decide to do. It's all about exploring alcohol, exploring your relationship with alcohol and and experimenting to see if it is all it says that it is. And I would say, like, absolutely, it's not. There's no benefit from drinking alcohol. And I think that's one of the things that keep us going back, keep people going back. It's the thought that there's some type of benefit that alcohol gives to us. And I think when we can really dig into that and really change our, our, our thoughts about alcohol, um, we can really find freedom. And we don't have to spend our life worrying about if we come across alcohol and what we're going to do when we can see that our life is so much shinier and so much brighter and so much bigger without it, that we don't need to go back there because it's just going to drag us down. Yeah. So I think, I think that's it. And I guess that goes back to the quote I picked. Actually, I, I'll talk about that. Um, so when I was talking with Doug before coming on to the podcast, he asked me what my favorite quote was. And I had to go back and I went back and looked at some of my earlier quotes that I had written down when I was first, you know, working on my relationship with alcohol. And I put things like if every if it was easy, everyone would be doing it and things like that. And none of the old quotes I had picked really fit anymore. So I went and found a new quote. And I picked this quote, I don't need alcohol to see the world in its depths. I carry the sun in me. 
because I think that just reflects exactly that, like how we have so much light in us and alcohol just covers it. It doesn't make us better. It doesn't make us brighter. It dims our light. And I think when we can get rid of alcohol, we can really start to see the light that we all have within us and really get to shine and be the best version of ourselves. That's perfect. Thanks, Tessie. That's, uh, that's really good. I was chuckling uh, um, when you were talking about your boyfriend, how, you know, you'd walk into a restaurant and he wouldn't like drink anything. And, um, you know, there's a saying around here that, you know, we call those people normies, that they can like handle alcohol, like, you know, no problem and not have to worry about it. Um, and then I was chuckling because you mentioned you were talking about, uh, you know, like how alcohol helps you sleep and, uh, you know, it's your your stress and stuff like this. And, you know, I, I used to have a, um, a boss that, uh, you know, he would always say, you know, he'd have like two shots of whiskey before he went to bed because that helped him sleep, um, you know, or like if you had a cold or a flu or something like that, somebody would say, you know, you know, take two, you know, two Tylenol or two Advil and then, you know, take a, have a glass of, you know, scotch or, you know, something like that. That'll get rid of your cold or something like that. <laughs> I was just like, you know, the the, the things that we tell our, ourselves to to make it, you know, um, OK to to drink, you know, so you brought up a lot of good points today, um, you know, and I really, really enjoyed your story. And I, I enjoyed learning more about the naked mind and and uh, stuff like that, uh, you know, you're the first person on the show that kind of really talked about that. So, um, you know, uh, thank you so much for uh, for being a part of uh, Powerful Women in Recovery. And thank you so much for being on Canadian Sober A. Um, I really uh, uh, appreciate uh, appreciate you. And um, I look forward to following more of your posts on Instagram and, and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, thanks again for coming on the show. Thanks so much for having me. Awesome. Well, you enjoy that nice, uh, that nice weather up where you are and, uh, hopefully, uh, you have some more, you have some more snow days. (laughs) All right. Have a good weekend. Thanks. You too. Bye. Bye. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Tessie. That, that was awesome. Thanks Tessie for sharing that. I learned a lot actually in that, uh, in that, you know, sequence there. You know, so um, thank you. All right, on with the story. Our alcohol brain is annoying, isn't it? (laughs) It convinces us time and time again that we must accept what is, that an eclipse is meant to be. It convinces us that living in the depths of darkness is acceptable. And we agree. It convinces us that we will never find the light again. Maybe we never had it at all. And once again, how sad. We let this voice beat us down. We let this voice throw us off balance. We let this voice win. But when we remember what Bill Nye, the science guy, would say, an eclipse will pass. And in this reset, as our eyes refocus and our balance is restored, We tell the voice to screw off. As Tessie said in her quote, she carries the sun with her, her light to guide her way. If you ever find yourself in darkness and you are not like Tessie carrying the sun, always make sure you have a very big flashlight and a knapsack full of batteries 
so you too can find your way out of the darkness. Once again, I'd like to thank Tessie for coming on Canadian Sober A. Uh, We have one more week, ladies and gentlemen, of powerful women in recovery. Um, And then I got some special guests lined up uh, for the whole month of March. Um, You're going to want to stay tuned for that. I have a couple surprises for you. Okay, everybody, I hope you have a fantastic weekend. Thank you for tuning in, as always. Um, I really appreciate all of you and love all of you. Uh, So keep on the sober side. Uh, Do something kind for somebody, Um, you know, and uh, remember always, always do something kind for yourself. Put a smile on your face. Better yet, put a smile on somebody else's face. I hope everybody has a fantastic weekend. Please come back next week and join me. I'm lonely. And Perrier, please, please, I need a sponsor. (laughs) All right, everybody, have a fantastic weekend. Bob, take us out.